welcome to the Mesmerizing Marketing Podcast, where we take a deep dive into the latest marketing trends, tools, and tips, and provide you with the top resources you need to thrive and make your marketing mesmerizing. And now, here's your host, Dimple Dang. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be here with Mark Savant with Mark Savant Media. Mark is a podcaster. He runs a production agency for podcasters, and he's just an all-around amazing content creator. He also has a YouTube channel that you definitely need to check out. We're going to be linking it in the show notes, so definitely go subscribe to his YouTube channel. So welcome, Mark, and tell the audience a little bit more about yourself. Dimple, I'm so excited to be here. I feel like I already know you. We've been hosting these awesome clubhouse rooms for the past year. And it's, you know what? I got to say, it's been so cool working with you to help people improve the quality of their shows, to reach new listeners, to grow their businesses. And, you know, I'm just really excited about this year and about the podcast production agency. Uh, A little bit about myself. I'm an after-hours entrepreneur. I spent my whole life as an employee And a few years ago, I decided I don't want to do that. I don't want to build someone else's dream. I want to build my own dreams. And so I started this this journey of many different failures as I started building different services, different businesses, different projects. And right now we've made, you know, my company's made more money in the past four or five months than we did the last four and five years. So I just think it's it's a really exciting time to be in podcasting. And the sky's the limit. There's some really cool stuff happening in the digital media space. So excited to chat about it with you. Well, Mark, I've got a lot of questions for you. We have a lot to talk about today. And one of the things that I want to ask you about right away before I forget is that you just shared that in the past four months, you've made the most money that you've ever made before in your business, right? So I want to know what contributed to that. You know, what was it that happened? Like, tell us a little bit more of behind the scenes. Well, lots of failures, right? So there was this certain point. There were a few different points that kind of triggered me to take this journey, but I'll give you one story, which I don't tell as often, but it was a normal day, got out of the insurance agency, went home, took my family out to dinner. We're going to this little Chinese restaurant, just me and my wife and my one-year-old daughter. She's very little at the time. And the server came up and said, can I take your order? I said, I want fried rice. I want the fried rice. I want this. He said, oh, we don't have fried rice here. I was like, what do you mean you don't have fried rice? You're a Chinese restaurant. You don't have fried rice. I got very upset. You know, I got, I got angry because they didn't have fried rice. Such a small little thing. And a, a girl that was sitting behind us in the booth said, dude, you're being really rude. You need to calm down. Why are you yelling? And then I got even more angry because you don't want a stranger to tell you that you're being rude. And so me and my wife decided to leave. And as we're sitting in the car, I was like, was I being really rude? Like, and she's like, yeah, you were really being a jerk. And I, and I really kind of thought, and I said, I haven't done like, this is just a normal day. It's just a normal day in the life. Why nothing bad had happened. I should be in a good mood, right? I live in the United States. We are, you know, it's a nice place to live, but, but I wasn't. And so that kind of propelled me on this journey of trying different businesses and trying different ideas. I went into uh, book illustration. I started just posting stuff on social media, creating t-shirt websites. I looked at starting my own insurance agency. I tried Amazon FBA. I discussed opening a little mattress chain with a friend of mine. I tried all these different things. But when I started podcasting, I just, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the ability to connect, to network. I started uh, generating more money in that. And over the course of the, the several years after that, 
I just, I really kind of struggled dimple. You know, I would try to help everyone with everything. If anybody reached out to me and said, Hey Mark, I need help growing my Facebook page. I said, sure. Let me help you. Hey Mark, I'm trying to learn how to do Instagram reels. Sure. I'll help you. But it wasn't until I started getting really focused and serious on helping people automate their podcast, helping people create a great, amazing copyright free show that really reached the right audience with the right message, really just. I guess you could use the word productizing, but I productized my services and that's when things started to take off because I was landing clients, keeping clients, and hopefully going to keep doing that for years to come. You know, creating processes, I do think a lot of people find processes challenging and I think that everyone isn't good at processes and systems either and that's why there are people out there that are good at it and you need to find someone who's good at it to help you, right? And I think when you have a business and you don't have processes behind the business, I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of businesses fail today, Mark. And I also think that they try to do everything themselves. And even me thinking years ago when I first opened up my business, I thought I was Wonder Woman. I was just trying to do everything myself and I didn't want to hand over the control, right? And then I was like thinking about it and... Oh, I'm thinking, oh, I'm saving myself money. But in reality, I wasn't saving money. It was actually costing me money. And I think that, you know, Mark, you've done an amazing job of building up a world-class team that supports you in your production company and even hiring the right people. You know, it's so instrumental in the success of one's company. Because for me, I'm not going to just hand over you know, work to anyone, right? Because I take a lot of pride in my work. It's my work. And I'm sure you feel the same way. So when you were first building out your agency, Mark, was it hard to give up that control? And how did you manage all of that? I, I would say yes, it's difficult to, to divvy out that control. But as soon as I hired my first team member, it just freed up so much time. It's freed up so much time. And I got to be honest, I went through like 15 different people before I found somebody that was actually a good fit for me. So I, I learned to prioritize things, but you know, Gary Vaynerchuk says this is if you can find someone that can do something 80% as good as you like, that's a win. That's a win. But I found that when I started really empowering people and um, putting people in positions that they enjoyed, then things started, started working well. And then to your point, systemizing, creating systems to make it easy. It makes it much easier to bring on people. If you have a system, it makes it much easier to bring on the right type of clients. If you have a system, I don't know about you, Dimple, but did you spend like the first few years of your journey trying to create custom solutions for everybody? I did that. And it was, it was horrible. I spent so much time in onboarding. I was never able to give somebody the experience that really matched what they were looking for. And I just spent so much time in, and none of the people I created custom solutions for stuck with me. So not to get too far off topic, but I find that, you know, creating that right system, using programs that help automate, right? Like a Zapier makes it like you have to automate when you're using Zapier, you have to have a system in place. And then, so I just try to say, let's make one, let's make one automation. Let's make two, let's make five, let's make 10. And then that, that's kind of a way to force yourself to start systemizing your systems. I'm a tech nerd. I am an app nerd. I love to learn about everything related to productivity hacks and social media apps and how we can save time, how we can do things more efficiently. So of course, I'm definitely a fan of Zapier. 
and I would love to hear from you, Mark. What are one or two of your favorite apps that you're just totally loving right now? I, I, I'm really like Monday. Monday, I think, is a great program, especially as you start to grow out a team because you have all these different systems, you have different clients. And in my business, uh, podcast automation, helping business owners create awesome automated podcasts, what I try to do is remove as much friction from the process as possible, right? So just to give you an example, once the client completes their podcast recording, they fill out a simple Google form. It takes like I don't know, five minutes or so, it automatically populates a, a task list, which is automatically assigned to all of my team members in Monday. Then it sends and alerts everyone that's a work that's assigned to that board in Slack, which is a great communication tool for businesses. And it's free to start. Slack is a great program. And then, you know, we go through that whole process. We present it to our client in a Google drive. The whole Google suite is amazing. And it's basically free. And then the client just simply goes in there. They look at all the, the content. They say, this looks good. And they, they move on to the next, you focus on what they do best, which is telling their story and connecting with new people and building a business. So to answer your question, I think that my three favorite, like, I guess for me, business crucial apps would be Monday, Slack, and, you know, the whole Google suite. Yeah. I love Google suite as well. I mean, everything in there is so useful and I used to drive all the time. I love using it for everything. I mean, it's just all in one makes it super simple. I don't have to open up so many different programs and it keeps everything organized. So if you guys are not familiar with utilizing Google suite, I definitely suggest that you start using it or you watch some videos and just get a handle on all the things that you can do in there because it's completely free once you have a Google business email account. And there's so many um, features in there that just allow you to manage your business effectively. All right, Mark. So you've got this podcast, right? And you know, how many years has it been? Like, when did you first start podcasting? Well, I first started podcasting about three, three and a half years ago. My first show was called the awesome dad show because I'm, I'm a father and I love parenting. I think it's something we don't talk about enough, the importance of being a good father. So I built out that podcast about again, about three, four years ago. And I started building community on Facebook, a Facebook group that's still live. It's called the awesome dad group with the awesome dad show. Right. And I, I learned a lot throughout that process, but what was interesting to me, Dimple is this is, there was a couple of interesting things that happened, but what was interesting to me is nobody was paying me to teach them how to be a better father. Like I was making a little bit of side cash, but nothing, nothing reasonable. I was making videos of like me and my kids playing together, which were fun. And we were actually driving, we were actually opening up some business opportunities that way. But the problem I had with that was I found myself being too distracted. I couldn't actually spend time with my kids because I'm trying to video and do this and do that. And I want to be there. I want to be present when I'm with my kids. So anyway, that that's kind of a, a background there. But what I ended up finding, Dimple, is that people weren't paying me to help teach them to be their father. They were paying me to teach them how to grow their social media profiles, right? Which is where I started getting into these custom work, because these custom job experiences. But the podcast I launched, the After Hours Entrepreneur, just started leading to more opportunities to network with big people like, you know, your Pat Flynn's, Evan Carmichael, Jasmine Starr, you know, just some, some really big, big names and which leads to more opportunities and so on and so forth. So there's been a lot of failures along the way. And I heard this from a friend of mine. He runs the Dad Edge Alliance uh, mastermind, Larry Hagner. He posted today that, that failure is not a failure. And I think that's important for every business owner who's, who's on the come up. It's not a failure. It's first attempt at learning, right? That's, that's what, what failure is. I love that, Mark. I love that. That's a great quote. That's amazing. 
So, you know, when you had your podcast, right, and you started podcasting in the beginning, was there ever a time when you thought to yourself, you know what, maybe I don't need to be doing this. Maybe it's too much work. Maybe I'm not making money off of it right away. Mark, was there ever a time that you heard that voice in your head or even like that imposter syndrome and you said to yourself, well, maybe I don't need to be doing this and maybe I should just stop, right? And and I'm sure, you know, at one point or another, you probably had some type of thought like that go through your mind because I think everybody goes through that. I think everybody has imposter syndrome at one point or another. So tell us a little bit about if you've ever experienced that. So yes and no. I went into podcasting with my eyes wide open, right? I I recognize that this is not going to like be a get rich quick. I'm not going to just like put a show out there and be the next Joe Rogan, right? I'm not going to be able to just launch a podcast and get thousands of downloads. Like I I realize that it's going to take time to build up the community and build up my skills because I sucked at first, right? So when I first launched my podcast, I said, I just want to learn the space. I enjoy it. It's fun. It's I'm learning a lot from other podcasts. So I want to get involved in media. And I said, I'm just going to, even if nobody listens to a single episode, I'm going to do this for one year. I'm going to release 52 episodes and I'm going to see where I'm at at the end. And that's the point where I realized that, okay, I, I love this. I enjoy this. So I've got some skill and I will, you know, I reassessed and said, how can I actually drive m- drive finances? How can I make money? And that's when I launched the After Hours Entrepreneur. But I, I got to say that it is so much work to run a podcast, right? And I just don't think that most business owners should be doing it all on their own. You, you have to outsource it either by creating an in-house team that helps or by outsourcing it to an agency like I'm building or like I've built because it just takes so much time. Like, do you really care about metadata and keywords and search engine, or do you want to sell you know, your plumbing services, right? Like where, where's your bread and butter? Because you just can't be, we talked about this just before we hopped on the show. Yeah. If you try to be a master of everything, you you just end up pleasing nobody. You know, you have to be great at one thing and I happen to love the space and I know that people need it. So that that's kind of why I'm here to help people just level up as quickly as possible and, and just give them their time back, give them quality plus time back. Yeah. And I think that's really needed, Mark. I mean, I'm glad that you're doing that. And you have this agency because I think one of the reasons why a lot of people give up on podcasting is because they realize it's too much work. It takes too much time. They don't have the time for it, right? But the reality of it is, is that they shouldn't be spending their time on doing all of those things. They shouldn't be doing the editing. They shouldn't be creating the social media post, all that They should hire someone to do that. They should outsource it. They should pay someone. And then they should be focusing on running their business, coming up with ideas and strategies to grow their personal brand and their business brand, because that's going to be more powerful and impactful than sitting there and doing the production piece of getting a podcast out there. And you know, the money that they think they're going to be saving, they're really not going to be saving it because their time is more valuable than what they would have to pay someone else to do that task. And the other thing about having a podcast is, you know, it helps every entrepreneur, every business owner, every small business owner basically build a personal brand. And, you know, when you go into the podcast game, I also like to always say, that it is a long-term game. 
and you've heard me, Mark, say this in all our clubhouse rooms all the time, it is a long-term game. It is not a short-term game. So if you're going into it thinking that you're going to get rich, then it may not be for you. Will you get rich off of it one day possibly? Sure. I mean, anything's possible, right? I mean, you get out of it what you put into it. But in reality, when you go into podcasting, you need to commit to doing it for a year. And if you can't make that commitment, then maybe you don't do it, right? But if you're just going to try it out for a month or two or three and give up, that's the problem that I see that everyone just quits before it can really take off. And then also, I think a lot of people think, well, immediately they're going to start getting sponsors like right away within their first few episodes or a month in. And there are people that go around and say, oh, you can get sponsors in the beginning. But the truth is, in reality, that doesn't apply to everyone. It's not realistic. It's not the reality for everyone. So maybe they got lucky and it happened, or maybe it's possible that they already worked hard to have a built-in community and audience. And in that case, it is quite possible. But I think for the average person who doesn't have like a built-in audience, who doesn't have a built-in community, and they're just starting out, that's not really realistic. And if someone tells you that that is realistic, they're lying to you. That's it. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you have a huge community already, it's much easier. Yeah. If you're starting from scratch, it's, it, yeah, you're, you're probably not going to get sponsorships. I was working with a client just the other day and, you know, he was running ads because a lot of these platforms allow you to run ads from day one. So he was running, he had turned on ads. The first 30 to 40 seconds of his podcast were ads and he was making like 15 cents an episode. I'm like, is it really worth the 15 cents to disrupt the experience? You know, and, and sometimes it's simple things like that that having someone that is a little bit more knowledgeable and can ask the right questions can help you to really elevate things way more quickly than you could do on your own, you know? And I don't think that you have to outsource all of your stuff, but I think that recognizing what's taking my time and what I don't, what do I not enjoy? You know, that, that's a game changer. When you start to recognize that it, it elevates everything, your quality of life, the quality of your product, your relationship with others. I, that's been my experience. I agree. I mean, it does. That makes a big difference. It impacts everything. So when you've had your podcast for three years and when you first started, obviously you didn't have like all the big names on there, right, Mark? So walk us in slow motion. How did that happen? How did you get your first big name? And what did you do to get that person on your show? And what happened from there? All of the big names that you've had on your show doesn't just magically land in your lap. I think there's a lot of effort, right? A lot, keyword, a lot of effort that goes behind the scenes. And then there might also be a little bit of luck. I also think that connections are key. And sometimes it's who you know that can really open up the doors and the opportunities. So all of those things can contribute to that. So there's there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, it's it's having the right pitch having credibility. It's about knowing where and how to reach out, right? I, how many times do you get hit up for people that want to be on your podcast, want you to be on the podcast? It's just like a huge wall of text with a link and it's, you know, it's a mess. And, and another problem that I think a lot of people um, make, at least I made it first, is when you're reaching out to people, you're reaching out with like what's in it for you rather than what's in it for them. 
right? I mean, everybody does this. It's amazing. Like something that we all know, but we still do anyway is, you know, pitching what's great, you know, why this would be good for you rather than why it would be good for that other person. You know, the other thing that can help is if you have a network, if you have resources, if you know people that know people, like at this point, I'm able to get great guests from my clients. If my client listens to it, like I had a client the other day who listened to an episode and said, Mark, I love this guest that you have on their show. This, this person was quite a few steps ahead of them as far as notoriety. And I said, let me reach out, let me connect you. And, and they're booking right now, as we speak, they have an episode that's lined up, you know, so that's a way that you can get ahead quickly. That's, that's not really my, my specialty, but I absolutely like, listen, I'm here to help clients, right? If I'm managing a show for a client and a client wants to connect with someone, I'm going to, I'm going to connect them. So that's another way being part of uh, mastermind groups and networks helps, right? Everybody is connected to everyone. Well, there's seven degrees of separation, right? That whole concept, but you know, it was a long slog. I had to send out lots of DMs to get started. And, you know, I just try to help people get started much faster than, than it took me because it took me a long time to get to where I'm at. So I just want to, you know, pay it forward, help people. Yeah. You want to help them with that learning curve. So it's not as difficult as it was for you, which you're telling us now. And that's the thing, because I think everyone learns from experiences, right? And I think for someone like you, who's already gone through those experiences, I think that it can really benefit other people who haven't gone through those experiences yet because they haven't even started, right? But they can really learn something from seasoned podcasters like yourself and myself because we've gone through it and we both have launched multiple shows. I mean, last year I launched four shows. You have at least two shows that you've told me about and, you know, we've gotten guests on our shows. We've done the editing. And even at some point, I'm sure you, you did your own editing in the very beginning. And you may not want to do it anymore because your team does it. But I think back in the day, you probably did it yourself. And you probably did a lot of things yourself. You didn't just wake up one day and you had a team of however many VAs you have. And I think that it's the mere fact of being able to also train your team on how to do it. And that's like, oh, the marks of way that Mark wants it done, right? And that's beneficial because if you know how to edit your own podcast, then you can train your team on how to do it the way that you want it. Because I, I don't know about you, but I mean, I'm particular about editing. I'm very particular. And, you know, I want things done a certain way. And, and so then, you know, Mark Savant, like, you put your stamp of approval on it and you say, hey, this is what I want, you know? So yeah, I love that. Why do we read books? Why do we go to college? Why do we, you know, hire expensive coaches? Cause you know, you wanna, you wanna level up more quickly cause your time is valuable. Especially when you're, when you're a small business and you don't have a lot of money, it's difficult to know where to put it. But I think that investing it in time is probably one of the best things you can invest in. Yeah, Mark, I agree. Time is money. And time is one of the most valuable assets that we have. We need to be very intentional with our time. The more intentional we are with our time, the more successful we will be. All right. So when you first got your big guest, right? Like who was it? Do you remember that moment? Do you remember who it was and what was going through your mind when that happened? I mean, so it sounds kind of insignificant now because I've had so many people, but one of the, like the first really cool guests I had was Trent Dilfer, uh, Super Bowl champion. He's um, you know commentator on ESPN for years, and I just reached out. He's a father, so I brought him on the Awesome Dad Show. And we were just chatting. I was like, "This is so cool. 
I have access to people I've been watching my entire life on the big screen, on the small screen. And that was kind of like an an aha moment. Like I can access these people. I've been able to meet up with professional athletes locally. I, I linked up with the mayor in my town. I have a connection with the mayor in my town, which has proven to be helpful several times. And it's just hard to get access without an, a podcast. That's one of the things that I don't think people talk about enough is that the access that you get to people when you have a podcast, it's kind of like an excuse for people to get on a phone call with you. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not just like, Hey, let's get on a, a phone call so I can sell you my widget or bring you into my multi-level marketing company or whatever it is, right? Let's get on a podcast. I have a show. I have a platform. I have an audience. I'd love to share your story. And they can open up different doors. Absolutely. I mean, that resonates with me so much because when you think about it, I mean, I was in, in sales for so many years when I was in corporate America and I used to sell marketing and I used to sell pay-per-click ads and all of that. And there was a time when I took um, a position where I started with a book of business of zero and I had to cold call and I had to build up a book of business. So I built up the book of business from zero to like a million dollars in like 18 months. And I remember the days when we would have designated days where we had to like be in the office and cold call. And when it comes to that, you have to be really strategic and you have to be really creative when it comes to getting meetings. And again, it goes back to getting the meeting. And people didn't care who I work for. They didn't care that I worked for a nationwide brand and a company. It was more about what I could do for them. I was able to call people up. I wouldn't even tell them what company I worked for. I would get them to pull out their calendar and book a meeting with me. And then when I would show up in their office, I would give them my card. And quite honestly, for the majority of them, that's the first time they knew who I worked for. They didn't care who I worked for. It was about the relationship, right? And they really just wanted to know what I can do for them. So when I called them, let's say I call a lawyer, I would call and I would say, let's say the gatekeeper answers the phone and I would say, I would casually say, is, is Mark around? So what does that do? One thing is that does is it tells people, I might be buddy buddy with Mark, I might know him because most other people are going to be very formal. So that was already a strategy. And then Mark would come on the phone and I would get right to the point because I know that lawyers are busy. I know business owners are busy. So I would say, okay, I want to talk to you about how I can get you more quality personal injury cases coming into your door. And what was the key word there? It was quality because of course everybody wants cases but they don't want just any type of cases. They want quality cases. I remember a particular attorney telling me that the reason why he agreed to meet with me is because I said quality cases. And that's something that really struck out. The other thing is you have to be able to provide value and do your homework. So I would sit around the night before and I would get on my computer. I would research their website. I would make a spreadsheet. And I would know exactly what I was going to say to them. And it would show them that I know who they are. I did my research. And that's how you set yourself apart from everyone else. And, you know, that's important. So when it comes to like getting on other people's shows, you know, like here's the tip. You have to do your research, right? And I get random people emailing me and they say they want to be in my show, but I'm going to do my own homework and... You know, I have to actually like your brand. I have to believe in the product. If you, you know, are a company that has a product 
And if I believe in the product, yeah, I would love to have you on the show. But then if I don't resonate with your message or your product, and if it's not for my audience, I think that's the key thing too. You have to determine who your audience is. And if it's not for the audience, right, then it's just not a good fit. And and Mark, I mean, I'm sure you can understand all of that too, of course, right? It depends on your reason for starting the podcast too, right? Everybody has different goals. Some people, they don't care about, they don't care if anybody listens, right? They just want to get on phone calls with their potentially perfect client, right? Or they want to, they want to network with a city commission official so they can get, I don't know, some sort of zone exemption. Like there's, there's, I think being clear on why you even want to do a podcast is important too. And I'm sure you walk clients through that with you when you're, when you're running your launch strategy, right? Like knowing your why is important. Yeah, Mark, I think, you know, your why is everything. And whenever, you know, I teach my one day launcher podcast masterclass. And by the way, if you guys are interested, check the show notes, I have another class coming up soon. But basically, I always teach in my class that, you know, you really have to have a very powerful why, because your why is going to be something that's going to keep you going when you're exhausted, when you're getting, you know, burnt out from podcasting, because you're going to go back and you're going to think of your why and your why is what's going to propel you and it's going to keep you going. And that's why I say, make your why really meaningful and really important because you're going to need that one day when you feel like quitting, right? And you just need to keep going. So just remember that and attach it to something that has deep meaning for you. So Mark, you've done an amazing job of building up your show. And when you talk about getting the show and getting it to grow. So like in the beginning, right? And three years ago. So things are probably right quite different now, Mark, than what they were three years ago, like in the beginning, right? So what have you done to grow your show? Did you ever do any paid ads? And how did you grow your show? You know, like in the first six, like three to six months, I know it's it's a while back, but like think back to that, like, how did you grow back then? And when was it that you actually noticed a significant difference in your growth? Like, was there a point when you're like, you know what, I'm making some serious traction, right? And how long do you think it took you to get there? I think that I had a little bit of a head start because I had been podcasting for, you know, about a year and a half before I uh, launched the After Hours Entrepreneur. So I already kind of had some of the technical skills. I I think there were a couple transformative times for me in my journey. So uh, one of which was... A show I did with Jasmine Starr. I had Jasmine Starr on the show, who's a very big personality in the social media space. And there were a couple things that happened. A, she shared the show with her entire network. She even uh, took the podcast because she thought it was really good and shared it on her podcast. And so I saw a lot of new downloads. I brought a lot of new people into my community at that time. The other thing that I, I just have to sing praise for Jasmine. She's so awesome. The other thing that that I got from Jasmine was how important it is to be authentically you. Because when I started podcasting, I was doing research on how to be a better interviewer. And it's like, it had all these different tips on like how to ask questions and how to change your voice so you sound like Tom Brokaw and stuff like that. But that's just not the way that media works anymore. What's important is being your authentic self. And so when I started like using my own slang and using my own personality, I started to like, you, you start to like build your tribe. You know what I mean? And so I think that was big. And then there were a couple other points where I was a guest on other podcasts that were popular and that brought in a lot of new leads. And then, you know, you can probably relate to this. Clubhouse was a big shot in the arm too. 
my show when clubhouse went out i don't know it was like seven months old or something like that and clubhouse just brought on a ton of new people we were reaching new people bringing in new guests and so that's something i'm really interested in now is is innovating right because i think that a lot of times dimple you could probably attest to this also a lot of people out there are trying to teach you what worked for them five years ago or this worked for me eight years ago when i launched my podcast when they were a hundred you know, when there are hundred podcasts on iTunes, but I think that what's really important is trying to identify different trends like clubhouse, like Twitter spaces and identifying these trends as they come out, like TikTok, for example, learning it, trying to innovate that I think is the key to a successful show is, well, one of the keys to growing your show is, is not being afraid to try different things and then uh, doubling down on what works and then quitting what doesn't, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's about being open-minded, right? And I think it's about realizing that what worked even six months ago or a year ago may not work anymore. And that's why I think people really have to be open to change. They have to be open to new and innovative ways to promote their podcast and even new ways of doing their marketing and open to new social media platforms, be open to social audio, all of that. I always tell future podcasters, like if you're going to have a podcast, you're going to need to create content to promote your show. It's not magically going to get all of these downloads. You need to actually have a marketing plan for your podcast. So you have to create content for Instagram. And when you create content, you know, Instagram wants you to utilize all the features. So you should be making Instagram reels. You should be posting in stories all of that. And if you guys want to learn about Instagram, I have a bunch of episodes on Instagram and Instagram reels and TikTok on the mesmerizing marketing podcast. So side note, download all of those now and subscribe. Even TikTok, right? You should be on TikTok. On TikTok, if you have a thousand subscribers, like you can do live streams. And right now that's where the attention is. And I think you have to determine where your audience is and that's where you have to go. And if you build up more of that audience, you have to find out where are they hanging out, right? And then you follow them to that playground. All right, so with that, Mark, what are you doing for your podcast right now in terms of promotions? Like, how are you promoting it? What are you doing to promote your show? And we've been talking about this, you and I, for a few weeks now. We're retooling the way that we run Clubhouse rooms, right? Because Clubhouse has changed. Like a year ago, it was fire hot. Like, you're getting thousands of people in rooms and we were meeting all kinds of people. But then it cooled off. You know, and, and I don't know exactly why that is. I could give you different speculative reasons why, but that's happening. I still love YouTube. I find YouTube still be a really powerful way to reach people. You know, I had a one video that reached a half million people on YouTube and that was, that was crazy. I've had a lot of videos that haven't done that well. I'm still a big believer in podcasts because, you know, one of the things I like about podcasts, it's kind of like the core of your, your entire digital presence, right? I think a lot of people wake up and like, what do I want to post on Instagram? What do I want to post on LinkedIn today. Well, if you've got a podcast, if you've got a calendar, if you've got it scheduled out and systemized, all of your content concerns are are handled there. I'm interested. I mean, there's so many interesting things happening right now. A Twitter space is blowing up. The metaverse and communication in the metaverse is, is happening. Decentralization of platforms is happening. So there's a lot of interesting things that are kind of uncharted right now, Dimple. I think Finding the right clubhouse rooms, like we've been talking about, experimenting with some of these new platforms, that's kind of where my head's at, Trying, just constantly trying new things. Discord is something that I'm looking at closely. A lot of people are on Discord now. So I don't know, because I think that trying new things, finding what works, then you can provide that as value to your clients. 
So they, they don't have to waste all that time trying to figure out what works. Yeah, I think that's good. I think it's good to try different things and see, you know, what's a good fit for your personality and for your brand. Because if Discord might be a good fit for someone else, it doesn't mean that it's going to be a good fit for you and for your community, but you're never going to know until you try it out, right? So I think that, yeah, you know, you have to try different things. And I think that's great. And then the other thing I wanted to ask you that you mentioned, Mark, is the metaverse. So what impact is the metaverse going to have on the podcasting industry? Let me let me fire the question back at you in a certain way. What impact did Zoom have on your podcasting experience in the past two years? Well, I don't really use Zoom that much for podcasting. I prefer Riverside.fm, which we're on right now. But overall, you know, I understand what you mean. So many people had to adapt to using Zoom for virtual meetings because of the pandemic. And even a lot of my clients that are divorce attorneys are using it for virtual mediations. And a lot of people didn't really know how to even use Zoom without having their personal assistant or secretary there. And I think that, you know, the people that are older school, they've now had to learn how to set up a home office and how to go virtual. And I think that that's, you know, a big trend as well. Yeah. So I agree with that. The the thing that Zoom did was it changed the way that we communicate, right? And even if we don't use Zoom to record, because that's not really what it's meant for, it introduced hundreds of millions of people into the idea of virtual conferencing, right? So now all of a sudden people, you know, they have a better understanding of, of what virtual communication looks like. Like communication now is much different than it was 10 years 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. And so the the metaverse is going to change the way that we communicate in some very profound ways. Like this year uh, for Christmas, I I bought an Oculus for myself because, you know, we don't don't get what we want for Christmas anymore because we're 39. But the second I put it on, I was like, whoa, I just had this kind of this this moment where I'm looking around in my my room here. And it was just this like really kind of like visceral moment where I was like, this is going to change the way that we all communicate. And, you know, you might say, well, Mark, I'm not into games and I'm not into that, but it's so much bigger than that. You know, the one thing that podcasting does is it allows you to connect with people and communicate with people, but there's certain elements that it doesn't have. Like if you could put on a podcasting experience, like let's say you and I are in the metaverse on a stage and then we could have a room full of people that are watching live and they're coming and they're going and they're inviting friends and tagging friends and bringing them in. I mean, there's so many cool ways I think that the metaverse is going to change the way we connect. And and for anyone that hasn't tried the metaverse, do you have VR goggles, Dimple? Have you tried this yet? No, Mark. Yeah, I don't have the goggles, but someone from Clubhouse created an app and we were in this room and they invited us and I downloaded the app and I did go into their metaverse via this app that they created. And it was a lot of fun. I actually enjoyed it. And there was like a big dance party with a bonfire and a DJ. And you got to pick your own outfit. And it was it was fun. The dance party was interesting, but it was easy to get lost. So I think somebody said before entering, they said, follow the music. So that's what I did. Because I in the beginning, I kept getting lost. I'm like, wait. What did they say? They said, follow the music. So when you follow the music, you were led to where the people were. And then there was a lot of dancing going on. And then some people were bumping into you, which I thought was a little weird. And of course, they didn't say sorry, but it's a metaverse. <laughs> what can I say? But just for like the goggles themselves, which are still like like very new to the mainstream, 300 bucks, you're, you're in a VR world. It's kind of hard to explain it because it feels 
different. It really feels like you're being transported to a different place. Like I'll give you an example for 4th of July or excuse me for new year's Eve. I had COVID I'm in quarantine. I can't be with my wife, my kids. They're all, yeah, we're all quarantined, which, which sucked. But I was like, what am I do for the 4th of July? I'm going to pop on these goggles for the first time. I'm going to go in the metaverse. Cause there was like a, I was, let's see what's going on. And there was this fireworks display happening in the metaverse. So I put them on, I'm like, this is crazy. And I'm walking into this fireworks display and there's a group of people that are kind of standing around and talking. And I don't, I don't know if you've ever had this feeling, but I kind of just feel like, is it cool for me to go up and talk to them? Like, how do I introduce myself? Like that is a real emotion that we have as human beings. And normally online, when you're on like a Facebook, you have no problem inserting your opinion on the conversation. But in the metaverse, when you're in this, in this space, people say, well, it's not real, but it, it feels, it gives you those, those real emotions that you can't get in the current I think climate and, it, and the technology is only going to get better. It's, it's only going to get better. So it, it was a really kind of interesting visceral moment for me because I'm a pretty outgoing guy, but I still had this weird feeling like, am I cool enough to go and, and talk to these people? It was really, it was a weird moment for me, but kind of eye-opening at the same time. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that, Mark. But I mean, that feeling that you had is completely natural, right? It's kind of like the first day of school and you or either maybe you get transferred to a new school and you're like the new kid in school and it's the feeling like wait are other kids gonna judge me what are people gonna think of me are they going to accept me what do i say to them and in the metaverse it's the same thing you're probably thinking well what if they don't even want me in their metaverse universe right so i get that and i think it's gonna be quite interesting it's kind of like you know the drama that you see on clubhouse it's gonna be in the metaverse now so all of those things. But I think the metaverse is going to be huge. I mean, I think it's definitely going to be the newest addiction. And we're already so addicted to social media. We're addicted to apps like Clubhouse and other social audio apps. And while it's good, I do also see a problem with it. The problem is that humans are becoming more and more disconnected from real life and real life experiences. And they're living in this fantasy land. Everything's like on their phone instead of really enjoying real life, right? In the moment, they're always so busy taking videos, taking photos, taking selfies, making clips, and they're going to dinners and they're always on their phone. And I think that, you know, while all those things are exciting, I think there needs to be a healthy balance that people need to have when it comes to technology with social media and social audio. And I think the only thing that you don't need to have a healthy balance on is podcasting. You can listen to as many podcasts as you want, and most of them are pretty much free. And Mark and I both endorse that you can listen to podcasts all the time, 24 hours a day. <laughs> yeah, I'm all in on podcasting. I just don't think that anybody should get married to exactly what you're doing now, because, you know, there are definitely some moral conundrums that come up with the metaverse. I'll give you another example. As soon as I left that fireworks display, someone came up to me. They, they appeared to be a female or a girl. I don't know. And they were, they were basically hitting on me. You know, I'm a happily married man and I'm getting hit on in this weird metaverse and the, the technology is only get better. Um, there's, there's definitely some moral conundrums that come up. Oh, wait, Mark, hold on a minute. Pause right there. Hold that thought. I have to know, because I've not been in the official metaverse with the Oculus glasses, and I think the audience would want to know too. So Mark, 
How does someone hit on someone in the metaverse? Like, what did she do? Well, she walked up to me and she was like, she was, she was talking to me and she was like making these motions with her hands and stuff like that. I'll let you fill in some of the blanks there. Exactly. Exactly. And I've been, I've been with my wife for 15 years, married for 10 or six, seven. Don't tell her. I forgot how many years we've been married, but it it was a conundrum. I could see how it could easily easily turn into an issue. So I just ignored her and walked around the corner. And then I found someone who we were, we walked into like a a concert and we were listening to this concert. It was, I can't remember who it was. It's like a, a a rave in in there. Then I was talking to this other girl. She's like, this is my first time. I was like, me too. This is wild. But it it just, it, it brings out another level of emotion, which I think at the end of the day, when you talk about marketing, when you talk about storytelling, you talk about podcasting, it's about emotional connection. And any ways that you can enhance that emotional connection with people, whatever that emotional connection desire is, whether it's sex, love, money, friendship, you need to really, I think, consider what that's going to look and sound like. I was actually just on a podcast a little while ago. I was talking with Ryan Stewart. He owns a marketing agency down here in Miami, and he has this big client and they did their last meeting in the metaverse. They met in the metaverse. They had a conversation. And it opens up all sorts of cool things that you can do, showing prototypes, drawing on a whiteboard, easy to erase. You can move. It's, so there's, there's a lot of cool applications in this metaverse world. It, it has my attention. And moving forward, I think one of the best things that we can do, and this is something I've really learned from Clubhouse, is getting in early. There is a huge advantage to be an early adopter of a technology or of a platform. There's risk. It might be that nobody actually uses it. But it, at least on this metaverse topic, it is happening. It is 100% going to happen. It, I'm 100% convinced, right? So it's it's a good thing to start looking at and considering and start kind of thinking about playing with it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, sometimes, you know, people want to put things off, but I think you have to realize, like, if you can get in early enough on something that's going to be big, then it can really end up contributing to your success in a big way. So I think it's about not jumping into everything, but I think it's about being open-minded to new technology, being open-minded to new things and being open-minded to try something that you haven't tried before. Do you have any final thoughts, like any final like tips that you can give our audience and leave them with on growing their podcast, finding amazing guests, or even just one or two big takeaways for the audience? So when it comes to podcasting, I would say, you know, just remember, you don't know what you don't know. And specializing in what you're best at and then hiring a consultant like yourself or outsourcing to an agency like I have is something you should at, at the very least explore because it's the best way to elevate. You don't want to learn all the boring stuff like how to remove spectral frequency from the audio or how to you know properly tag your audio with metadata or how to set up an RSS feed with an unlisted distributor, right? So I think that's something you should consider is what should I outsource to somebody that that is an expert in this field? And the other thing you should be considering is how can I innovate what I'm doing now? Don't get that mentality of the old man with his fist in the air. You kids get off my lawn, right? Because the world is changing. And if you can either ride the, ride the wave or you can get swept under it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Mark. And I'm going to link all of your social media handles and website in the show notes. And if you guys need any help with getting your podcast episodes edited, which is quite the task, reach out to Mark Savant. His information is going to be in the show notes. And if you're thinking of launching a podcast and it's been on your mind, there's no better time than 2022 to launch your show 
And I'm going to be having another one day launch your podcast masterclass that is held live via zoom. You get me for five to six hours and we go through the entire process of launching your show from A to Z and you will learn about equipment. You'll learn about naming your show. You'll even learn about a little bit about intellectual property and how to protect your brand. And you're also going to learn about all the different equipment, the platforms, the marketing behind it, getting guests, being a guest, coming up with content ideas. You guys, it is jam packed. Check out my show notes and then there's going to be a link and you can just click on the link and you can get more details and you can sign up. And if you have any questions, my email's there as well. So you guys can email me. And Mark, it was such a pleasure having you on the Mesmerizing Marketing Podcast and I will see you soon. Thank you so much for being an amazing guest. Thanks, Dimple. You rock. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Mesmerizing Marketing Podcast. If you found this episode valuable, please subscribe to the show so you don't ever miss an episode and also share it with your friends. Dimple would be so grateful if you could take a minute to leave a review and visit the podcast website to check out all the latest episodes at www.mesmerizingmarketingpodcast.com. That's www.mesmerizingmarketingpodcast.com. And follow Dimple on Clubhouse. Her handle is marketing expert and also join her mesmerizing marketing club also on clubhouse for live rooms on top marketing strategies for entrepreneurs and business owners who want to mesmerize their marketing.